One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the AW Rampage Review. I'm Michael Hamford from What Culture, and on this very unique edition of the show, I'm Whoa. joined by Scott Tailford from What Culture Gaming. Hello, the guy that's upstairs all the time, and like I'm glad to have you here. Quite honestly, thank you. So we can discuss everything that happened on this Friday's edition of AW Rampage. But first, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only preview AW Rampage but also AW Dynamite and Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown, the brand formerly known as NXT 2.0. We've got pay-per-views, premium live events, we have wrestling interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. But Scott, thank Hi. you for stepping into the breach today. It's uh, one of them days at What Culture where there's people off, there's people not in. It's mm. a strange day in the What Culture Towers. People on this feed are getting way too much of me today, so I think they'll be <laughs> very, very pleased to have some of you. But for those that are exclusive to our wrestling feed and maybe don't know, obviously, mm. the brilliant work that you do for What Culture Gaming, thank you. You have a vested interest in AW. Yeah. Very much so. It's sort of brought you back into our sphere. We like to have conversations over the desks. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, like, just briefly, for anybody that doesn't know, your relationship with AEW from 2019 to present day, I guess, before we dive into this. Oh my God, that's the whole thing. So uh, yeah, as a brief trajectory of wrestling in my life, I used to bleed WWF and then E back in the day, back in the like 2000s or whatever, mid early 2000s when Uh it was really, really good. And then I didn't like John Cena, so I dropped off all that stuff. And then I didn't do wrestling at all. I kept up with like major stuff. Like I watched when your favorite wrestler, Undertaker, finally lost. (laughs) And then I... Yeah, I, I watched that and I, I was that guy in the audience going, oh my God, that's yeah. a thing. I didn't watch anything. And then when uh, AW was always a name that was doing the rounds in the office, it's like, this is an interesting thing. We'll see what it becomes and, mm-hmm. and everything else. And I knew Jericho was part of it. Um, and then uh, when CM Punk was going to go there, I was like, okay, this, this gets my attention. I'll, I'll watch from now. So I've been watching AW since Punk came in. Um, I watched a few uh, weeks, I guess, before he arrived or whatever, and then watched from then. So I keep up with everything. I used to always keep up with um, discussion, discussions online and everything, try mm-hmm. and keep up with all the behind-the-scenes stuff and whatever. And I kept up with a little bit of Kenny Omega stuff, yeah. and I kind of I knew he was part of AEW. I knew him from Giant Bomb, who's a very big gaming website, okay. and I knew Kenny Omega the nerd before I knew Kenny Omega the wrestler, <laughs> um, which is kind of interesting. And I was the guy that Sage was always saying, like, oh, what's the, what's the one-winged angel? What's this? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's from yeah. Final Fantasy and whatever. So there's always been crossover. Um, but yeah, there's always been that part of me that effing loves wrestling um, it's just mostly dormant but AEW like brought me back to why I loved it so much mm. um, and so that's my overall trajectory with it but I've, I've been with it since Punk debuted for the most part and I've been keeping up week to week and I keep up with all the conversations and all the behind the scenes stuff as much as possible I think that um, very positive tone <laughs> will be welcome to provide like people really love balance and often I think like uh. Certainly when it comes to Rampage specifically, me and Sid might come across Debbie Downer, shall we say. And uh, that's me telling you, right. as we are recording live, a bit of live production that like, I've got a lot of positive things to say about this particular <laughs> broadcast. I do apologise for dragging you in. This could be a bit of a hospital pass that I've dragged you in. Well, the thing is, like, we were, I was talking to Sidgwick once. I think me and you talked about it as well. There was something Sidge was going to write for the gaming section. I forget what it is now. But we talk, me and you talk yeah. about games quite a bit. You know, Michael Hamlet, Michael Games Hamlet. <laughs> and uh, you're getting through Mario Odyssey and everything, or various games. And um, I forget there was something Sidge was also going to write for gaming. And I was like, I'll trade you for why I'm giving up on AEW. That was what I was going to pay. yeah. Um, because I was like, it's been this incredible year. Because of Rampage is like this one. It's, it's, it's <laughs> such a bad Rampage. I just, I've got to get out. But uh, I feel like overall the energy across AEW has massively changed, and it's not necessarily what I was, what I thought I was investing in. Mm-hmm. And some of that is because the terrain has changed so much. Like the thing that appealed to me so much about AEW is that it wasn't this super schmaltzy, over the top, overproduced product that WWE felt like, which is why I turned off WWE in the first place. I'm not saying that WWF attitude was raw and honest and oh my yeah, god, yeah. <laughs> but when you're like 12, it's incredible. And then like you know, when I think about what what I think of when I think of WWE, AEW was not that, and I liked that it was the little 
little guy doing the thing with a mm-hmm. bit of a budget and they're getting some talent across and whatever else. And then it's like obviously the stuff that happened with Vince and then Triple H is in there and it's changed what WWE is. Yep. But also AEW has massively changed what it is. And there's all the just really horrible stuff around what happened with Punk, the amount that he managed to thermonuclear detonate my interest in most of that roster. Yeah. Um, who just they're just not there anymore. And so yeah, I'm just like, do I just sit out until the good guys come back in again? And it's not that like MGF stuff isn't interesting mm-hmm. or fascinating. That promo was phenomenal yeah. like the other day on Dynamite. But um yeah, if I think about like I used to have a thing for most of this year where especially when Punk was here, where it's like week to week, I was I was as soon as the show ended, I couldn't wait for the next one. Yeah. Whereas at the minute, I'm not even thinking about AEW. Like I'm mm-hmm. keeping up with it, but like you say about Rampage, it makes no impact whatsoever. That's a notable failing of episodic television yeah. because it's the opposite of what I suppose to achieve. As you just described, that's what you're supposed to feel. One ends and you mm. just, you're itching for the next six, seven days to come back. Look, obviously, you know, even from the outside point of view, I'm sure you've seen that you're not alone in this and no. growing pains get thrown around <laughs> a lot. That was getting thrown around before... CM Punk did what he did at yep. what's since been known as Brawl Out, the press scrum, the gripe bomb. Are we going with Brawl Out? Yeah, gripe I've seen bomb. Brawl Out and Gripe Bomb. I yeah. like them both, quite okay. honestly. Um, but I guess this does feel like AEW rebuilding. Um, you know, well, there's a million different bits of content that we put out about what's going on oh, behind yeah. the scenes in AEW. Uh, but I guess, like, the opener to this specific rampage is maybe a good example of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I won't put words in your mouth, but it was... So it was the claim to defend the titles, the yes. tag team titles. They're newly won tag titles, in fact, against the varsity athletes, Tony Nese and Josh Woods. Of Can Colorado. I say I love Daddy Nese? Right, yeah, right. I'm, a, I'm, a, I like, I'm a big fan of Tony Nese as like as a wrestler. I yeah. think he's just phenomenal. I think he's so over, like, sorry, sorry, underused. Yes, and I think he's just an incredible. He is. I mean, he's literally an incredible athlete. Yeah, but uh, I just them steering into all the Sizzamy Timbers makes me laugh. But um, sorry, no, don't take your entire description away no. from you. But I, yeah, I have all the thoughts on where the scissoring stuff is at as well. Now, it's interesting that you mentioned Tony Nese because mm. me and Sidge are particular proponents of Tony Nese for one specific reason. There was a story, and I can't remember if he told it or somebody told it about right. him. When he was in WWE, I mean, look at his body, right? Yeah. He had apparently pitched this idea, or somebody had pitched it for him, that he would come out and he would point at abs one at a time. <laughs> and every time he pointed at an ab, some fireworks would go off. That's so it would be brilliant. Poof, yeah, yeah. Going down his gorgeous washboard chest, uh-huh. stomach, right? So that never happened. And that should happen. When he signed for AEW, he was one of many where it was kind of the beginning of this idea that, like, he just signed everybody mm. or roster bloat. And I didn't prob- know who he was when he came in. This is it. That probably has only gotten worse before it's gotten better. But mm. Tony Nese was a guy that for a while was taking pelters maybe unfairly. That's subjective. Mm. But we always believed he had, like, a good grasp of pattern to be able to think about something yeah. like that. We've still never seen the ab fireworks. No. And maybe we never will because... This match to me was... I, I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. Yeah. Like, Will Bond normally does a play-by-play, and he's really good at that, mm-hmm. and I am absolutely useless. <laughs> so what I'll do is I'll just talk a little bit about the match. Yeah. Maybe, and this is the case, I think pretty much everything in the show, why I had significant problems with it. Yeah, yeah And then it. you can tell me if I'm just completely off base and just too trapped in the bubble and too ensconced in the nonsense of, like, the wrestling take culture and maybe just from somebody that is able to just watch, enjoy, and then switch off. I'll tell you what, one thing I want to mention is uh, when I remember when uh, all the Hangman stuff happened with when Hangman was going to go up against Punk and he did yeah. that promo that was a bit shaky. There was that whole thing where Hangman was trying to talk about, you know, you, you say you're here to say the Infamous company. in the end. Yeah, infamous in the end. It, yeah. And like it has aged incredibly well. And I remember mm. like that whole back and forth and I didn't really get what he was going for. And I yeah. remember asking the next morning, I think it was only Sidge that was in, I was like, what was that Hangman promo the night before? And then um, Sidge was like, oh, you know, I think he's talking about like workers' rights and Cole Cabana. And I was like, oh my God, there's this whole other level to yeah. this that I, I mean, I don't know who Cole Cabana was so I was like this is insane and so I always find it like fascinating talking to any of you guys about this stuff because obviously you know it inside out and it's like there's all these other layers whereas I'm just like I'm the guy that watched it in 2001 and I'm just like oh this guy's in shape and he slammed a man and now they're scissoring and blah blah so like whereas you're like well actually this is like I remember when you pointed out that Punk was getting the body slam over yeah and once you said that I was like oh he is but I didn't even realize that he was focusing on that or whatever so like that's my like surface level approach to this stuff Scott believe me there are plenty of nutcases on Twitter that would consider <laughs> how you view it way more valuable than anything I could ever say. No. The acclaimed uh, one here, they defeated the varsity um, athletes. And the thing was, it was titles versus trademarks. Yes. So two weeks ago, Smart Mark Serling announced that he had purchased the rights to the, the legal rights to the uh, Sizzamy Daddy. Ask I love trade. his Better Call Saul type character. The whole scissoring deal was yeah. money in his pocket rather than theirs, so they couldn't do it. Yada, yada, yada. And we have a, it's a very wrestling thing. We have a match to apparently determine something that he's <laughs> gone through, the tremendous court system in order to get this over line. This was my, this match, by the way, I like the acclaimed. I think they've vastly improved and they've leveled up to they've leveled up to how over they've gotten mm. uh, in ring to the point where putting the tag titles on them wasn't some sort of uh, gamble that Tony Khan was making. No, because the, like over is over in wrestling. You don't need to be awesome in the ring, but all elite wrestling has a certain quality bar. 
And there would have been people for a while that would argue that they claimed were limbo in just underneath it. Okay. And then instead, over the last few months, they've definitely sailed over it. Their oh, matches yeah. are delivering time after time. And the crowd are with them, and that mm-hmm. counts for so much as well. So this ultimately played out as a routine win for the acclaimed. Mm-hmm. They, they retained the titles, and obviously reclaimed the scissor in, and we will get back to that presently. Yes. However, my inherent problem with this beforehand, and indeed in how it played out, was that I think, due to the fact that he runs a football club, he runs an American football club, <laughs> he is in data, and he is in AEW, there must be a lot of paperwork that comes across Tony Carr's desk. Yes. And as a result, I think he just must assume that that's people want to watch out with their television. Because there is one too many, I and mean, there's another one on this show, there's a lot of stuff to do with paperwork, or admin, or yeah. recruitment, or procurement, and it's all, I just don't care. Smart Mark hmm. Sterling, mm-hmm. I was asked to believe, went through the courts in a shrewd <laughs> but pretty cruel move because of his legal background uh, to get this the the legal rights to a catchphrase that is going to make him a ton of money yep. if people buy the t-shirts or if they claim say the catchphrase. He had it framed right? as well. Framed, yeah. right? He went and bought a frame. So he had to know he was at least, he least getting like 20 quid back for the frame yeah, of t-shirts or something. Within two weeks, he has cashed out on that for a title shot, yeah. and his guys have lost. Now, if you're smart Mark Sterling, you're beating them straight away. The varsity athletes only just became the varsity athletes by taking the varsity name off the varsity yes. blonde. And now they're not even varsity, they're dead, because they've just lost in the first I do shot. love, the thing is, though, with, with smart Mark, I love him channeling soul. I love him channeling better right. soul, and just kind of being like Mr. League. Oh, you didn't actually realise that you've infringed on this, and that's actually mine. And like, well, actually, Twitter commenter of like, AW, bit. yeah. Yeah, and like, sort of, I like the idea of Josh Woods and Nice being this sort of like trademark gathering like thing as yeah. well, where they sort of like, their name can be this big long like there's a thing good. you know they like could that, be like yeah. the varsity athletes whatever acclaimed whatever it is they and come every, up with a hook one week and now they're hooked yes exactly <laughs> they could, the name hook can do something for a change yeah. that'd be nice but like, I like the idea of like yeah maybe they're going around gathering up all these different things kind of like Thanos with the Infinity Stones or kind of like I make different references kind of like um, Capcom with Street Fighter right. where they do Street Fighter 2 Hyper Deluxe Mega Ultra Edition and it's like literally that was like one of the ones one of the DLCs for Dead Rising was like every single name for uh-huh. the DLC I, was like, I like the idea of them gathering up all these different names I'm into that. And, and everyone like fights to get them back or something. I've never, and that's just their match every week. It's Kinda. like it's trademark versus something. Yeah, because I was just like, because I guess like there's like like you said, there's that business reality to uh, either the way that Khan thinks or the way that he wants AEW to be perceived. And I have this thought that you just had about like thinking about the reality of it whenever AEW security gets involved, mm. because they just seem to answer to whoever. I remember when they were answering to MJF, and I was like, why are you answering to him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like they were, um, they Who were, were getting, their bosses. In, yeah, they were getting yeah. in the way of someone else. Yeah, and it was always that thing of like Wardlow versus twenty guys. There was that stuff, yeah. and I was like, why are you on MJF's side? Like you've not. But I try not. I just put all that stuff to the side and be like, ah, it's just it's whatever it needs to be that given week yeah. kind of thing. Um, but yeah, in terms of the smart mark stuff, I see him as Saul. I just because he's got the crazy pink suit and he's just sort of he's always pointing out, hey, by the way, actually this legal thing needs to yes. be enforced or whatever. And I was like, oh, is that what you're doing? Are you sort of are you being like the the trademark gatherers? And that's your your point. Trademark would be a good name for the trademarks. Very for a good nice. name for that. The actually, trademark. The trademarks, that's brother. Great. That's just a banging illegal paperwork way more than wrestling. Well, yeah, and I'm just there like, and that lets him sort of do the whole, you know, that idea of like how many different names can he claim and, and whatever and so I thought maybe that's what they were going for but obviously the acclaimed got their thing back because they need to ride the that's the whole thing with them is like how much do you ride out the, the scissoring stuff and whatever and the merchandise and daddy ass and whatever yeah. but the Billy Gunn stuff it felt like that stuff was just put in there because Bones was injured and it's like mm-hmm. how long do you then need to drag that out before you get back to just the acclaimed well I'd like to get your thoughts in detail on the acclaimed because yes. I know we've had a chat um, over the, the proverbial desks within the What Culture offices about the acclaim. My issue currently, and everyone that listens regularly mm. is probably bored of me saying this now, right. I have a significant problem, not with, like, I'm not here to, like, piss on anyone's chips and stop mm-hmm. the fun. <laughs> mega, mega over, and people yeah. go insane for it. And they're in Daly's place here, by the way, and, like, the crowd were maybe not as hot as you would have liked for mm. what feels like AW's home base, but mm-hmm. they were certainly up for this. Mm. And, my problem with the scissoring is that I genuinely believe, it's because I want to put the acclaimed over, I right. genuinely believed the acclaimed got over on so much more than the scissoring. Yes. Scissoring, but yes. it was a big catchphrase, and it was massively over, right? But I've got this thing about, like, gimmicks sell T-shirts, characters sell tickets, and they're literally selling T-shirts out the ass with the scissoring gimmick. But the characters of Bones and Caster, and to a lesser extent, Billy Gunn, mm. were really what people gravitated towards. Yeah. And now we've had National Scissoring Day, and a few to win the trademark of the scissoring back. Mm-hmm. And it's like, right... We're going to get to the Swerve in Our Glory rubber match or the FTR big tag team mm. belt showdown. Mm-hmm. And it cannot just be like doing your finger in a V-shape and going, uh, like, and the thing it's like, got to be the people behind, like, because the match has got to be the thing that yeah. needs the muscle at the end. Like, th- again, this could just be I'm too locked in and I feel something and I'm just on a hide out of nowhere because, <laughs> like, because 
Will, Will Bond's going to get back from his holidays tomorrow. He's going to yeah. walk past my desk and he's going to stick the fingers out. Yes. What's your take on on this in general and scissoring and the, the mania around this? Because over is over and this yes, is true. over. This feels like a it's a short time thing. Like it feels like it's an extension of the celebration of them becoming tag champs. Like yes. it's just sort of like a short lived thing. We'd all buy the t shirt. We'd all do the scissoring thing. Although speaking of it being a wider <laughs> mainstream thing, I did see I don't know the name of the dude, but there was some baseball guy that Bones just shared on his Twitter. There's right. two guys in a baseball dugout doing the scissoring, and oh, he was amazing. like, "Oh my god, it's getting around." That's pretty cool. Um, I have the same feeling as you, where it's almost like capitalistic reaction to something. Where there's a good quote back in the day, I forget who initially said it about Comic Con, about how Comic Con changed over the years where you're not just showcasing various creatives and artists yes. and everything else. It's about mining the love to get the money out. And I think that that's an interesting phrase that can be applied to various things, t- tons of stuff in gaming. Um, but it's that whole thing of like, when do we get sick of this? And when does it feel like it's being pushed too much? And at the minute, it's it's fine enough. It's like fu- it's a fun enough random thing to do um, that like has massively taken off. But I agree. I mean, you've still got the cast of raps, which I always look forward to. Yeah, amazing. Um, yeah. Like that's always like a big part of them. And Bones always kind of had obviously the, the bit after the, the caster stuff where he would scream the name of the place and whatever yeah. so it's almost an extent of that the thing that I like about it is that um, it makes me notice the crowd crowds in AEW for me are so dead like I like I watched a bit of Wrestlemania this year and yeah. I was like I forgot what it was like to either have accurately mic'd crowds or just crowds that are in general hot most of the show mm-hmm. like in for AEW I don't know if it's just a general hangover from like just being a respectful wrestling fan or whatever maybe the energy is different for an AEW show but most crowds that I find when I'm watching AEW like most of this year have been pretty dead and for me that really impacts the product like yeah. if it's not JR pulling me out of it because he says something that has nothing to do with anything it's the crowds and so like so I like felt there's been a cloud especially since it's all out so kind of I personally felt but he says he thinks there's been uh, like there's some, this unshakable too, thing yeah. that until there's a resolution that everybody actually knows yeah I just I feel like it's there's so yeah I feel like there's so few matches where people are just psyched to be there and it's mm. just like they're just freaking oh my god and they're like they're just cheering about every last thing yeah, yeah. whereas during an acclaimed match everyone's chanting oh scissor me daddy or whatever yeah. and I like like at least we're into something at least we're energetic uh-huh. about something so I appreciate that um, but yeah I feel like the, the scissoring stuff feels a bit too merchandisable to, yeah. which definitely has like a twig with me where I'm just like there's a, there's a short period on this there's an apex and we're right on the apex we're on the bell curve yeah. and you're going to have to know when to pull back on that stuff and so I think it's fun thinking of ways to extend it through the copyright fight thing and doing smart mark and all that kind of stuff there'll be some other gimmicky where they have a match about scissoring yes. yeah. or whatever um, it's fun enough I just yeah it, it's going to be like when are you going too far are you going to Jericho this where it goes on too long yeah <laughs> I've oh, certainly seen plenty of that mm. um we're going to make, yeah, there's a lot of this sort of stuff coming, actually. That's a sort of nice segue. We go next mm. to Jade Cargill. She had Ooh. threatened to uh, take Rampage hostage for 60 minutes. I was bang more into that than seeing what was three quarters of this card, quite honestly. I can't believe they cut away from her decking security. I know, man. Well, so what? So she said she was going to do it, mm-hmm. but they haven't made a liar out of it because it turns out that Penelope Ford was injured. So there have been some <laughs> negotiations that done that put Layla Gray in her space for a match tonight, um, which seemed to, for whatever reason, I guess you've got to like. Do one plus one and equal six. But <laughs> Jade Cargill was thus no longer going to take her hostage because Layla Gray had a match. Mm-hmm. But after that match, then she was going to procure a title back from Nyla Rose. But we'll, we'll come back to that mm-hmm. a little bit later on. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is later on the show, isn't it, where that plays out. So yes. we'll get to that later on. Because then we've got more nonsense with people that shouldn't be involved in nonsense, in my opinion. <laughs> Ortiz and Eddie Kingston. Oh, Lucha God, yeah. Brothers, yeah. And this is it, right? This is You forget this second It's an hour. Like, yeah. There's too much... BS Random in this hour stuff, for yeah. me this week. Mm-hmm. Ortiz and Eddie Kingston Lucha Brothers are trying to make nice, but Pac, who has been very gradually turning a heel, we've seen mm. stuff with a hammer and indeed a little bit of dissension with the Lucha Brothers, doesn't really want to. Like, I love seems, him telling Kingston to calm down. Yeah, it seems like the four are going to make nice, but it's Pac that mm-hmm. is the the, the fly, fly in the ointment, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean... I don't. I don't even know the leading question to ask you here because I think there's so many, and I don't. I don't just want this to be like a four-hour condensement of a one-hour yeah, yeah. wrestling show. Uh, we'll put the Leech Brothers to one side. Mm-hmm. Um, Eddie Kingston was phased out of his own feud with Sammy Guevara because of backstage hostilities, mm-hmm. but then had a ripper of a match with Tommy Rishi on the all-in. They also fight. made up backstage, so it was nice. To, they got kind of got there eventually. Peace was made uh, as a shoot, it would seem. Hmm. Pac's turning heel. Pac and Eddie Kingston's quite tasty, but... I'm well up for Pac. And Kingston's like my, my yeah, so what would you, favorite. Yeah, so what was your so. overall takeaways from this? I, I mean, I'm a huge Kingston guy, so like I, um, Kingston and Hangman are my top two, so I, I'm game for Kingston on screen doing anything. Like, I, I quote his, I just want this cake every time yeah. I get any slice of cake. So I'm a big 
fan of Kingston. Um, the idea of like the thing he was trying to do, where he like had that match victory rescinded because he wouldn't let the guy go. I forget who he was fighting now. Maybe mm-hmm. it was Sammy. I forget who was he choking yeah. out when they had to stop it. Sammy. Yeah, that they, was did Sammy. A, they did a role reversal. Tony Khan had tweeted about how the referees need to tighten up. Yeah, and it was yeah, for yeah. the purpose of that one finish. And yeah, then exactly. Yeah, they're, 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 rubbish again. Like that. I know the reality weird yeah. blend over thing. But um, I like what that what Kingston's trying to do. I mean, he said loads and loads of interviews and stuff that his whole thing is like he's his biggest enemy is himself, and yeah. you can flesh that out. Um, in terms of people to put him up against, Pac would be phenomenal. I would mm-hmm. love if Kingston beat him. Um, yeah, I, I want more um, Kingston stuff that makes him have a, a bigger version of that yeah. core idea that he's trying to flesh out. Like, how far can he can the real him get kind of thing before he gets in his own way? It feels like a lot of fans, myself included, I'm guessing yourself as well from that, have cast him into the role of, mm. like, unbelievable AW World Champion, if mm. only for a moment, if mm. only for a fleeting moment. But it's still unclear whether or not that's just a fan thing or it's a company thing as well because sometimes they position him in this spot where you're permitted to imagine him there. Yeah. Or is it just that he's so good and so magnetic that all of us collectively go, well, surely he's winning the world title then. Well, and this is AEW, so you're allowed to mm. speculate on that in a very real way. Mm-hmm. Is this, like, at what point do we all be like, this is more what we think than what the company will ever actually do? <laughs> I don't know, man, because they've got so many weird machinations in regards to how they get to the spots they do. Like, mm. they have all this, like, idea of how much is improvised and how much is planned and, like, how, who's actually in control of the overall overarching story. And I think yeah. they're kind of, it's like they're, like, grommet with the bits of rail just putting it down in front of them. <laughs> just to, to try and, oh, my God. That's such a great analogy. Just trying to get through 2022. 2022. Yeah, yeah, oh, until, brilliant. you know, there's, like, a piece of track they'll get to that has the books and Kenny on it, but we're not Love there, that. yeah. Um, and at the end, it all, it's all just to make a piece of toast. <laughs> it wasn't even the book of wrestling show. It was like, well, I've got my jam on toast, so, you know. Everyone loves butter and uh, jam toast. So, um, yeah, I feel like those things are just kind of thrown in for random ideas that they want to mm-hmm. do. Um, Kingston stuff, I feel like he would have been, my wife would love the idea of him being like the interim champ because it's like, for him, it's like the absolute encapsulation of he has the belt, but not really. He yeah, has yeah. gold, but not really. Like, it's sort of like, it's an extension of him. Um, but I just, I mean, it's, it's an overall thing in that regard where I, I echo what Sid just said quite a lot, and you might think the same, where um, I think Khan should play with his toys more, quote yes. unquote. Um, I just think he hangs back so much, mm-hmm. and I'm infuriated and saddened by the amount of injuries there are. Yeah. Like, I'm gutted on a daily basis that Cole's not okay, like, to be able to compete again, yeah. um, or whatever. And, like, things like that, where I'm like, just just mesh these dudes together, I maybe plan more. of WWE getting to promote CM Punk versus Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania one day and think, well, how's that... Like, well, it's, it's going to be awesome, but yeah. how is that theirs and not yours? Yeah, and yeah. I'm just saying, when I think back on the things that, you know, if I did my best matches of the year or whatever, then it's, it's Hangman Danielson. Like, it's it's big, big matches. Yeah. Like, and it was Kingston Punk is one of my favorite, maybe, maybe is my favorite Incredible. match. Incredible. Of yeah. the whole thing. And so I'm just like, whatever you need to do to maybe put more things in motion in terms of like planning, plan some stuff. Like, I get that your improv- improvisational nature has gotten you this far. And I know it's not entirely improvised, no. obviously, but I just kind of want more of a not necessarily an authored feel to it, but I think about what made, <laughs> I guess my reference point is 20 years old, but I think about what made that period so huge and it's because yeah. all the big people were doing big stuff yep. as much as possible. Like, use your roster. Like, I, like again, I'm, I'm casual as hell, but like, I, like, my whole thing is just, I'm watching it and I don't care about every match and why not? I should, like, to that degree. Well, yeah, I think this leads us perfectly into the next match. Use your Watch. roster, especially. Uh, Hook defending the FTW title against Ari Davari. Um, what the, what, who, okay, what's going on? Why is who? Right. Like, yeah. So Hook, it feels like Hook has been protected by running through the various groups of jobbers one by mm. one until eventually, obviously Ricky Starks was a squash, but that was the first time that Hook had defeated somebody of some renown. Mm. And this idea is that sooner or later, Hook's going to be in a program where, what have we got here with Hook? Like, because squash, squash guys are great uh, until you see them tested against somebody else. And then it's like, well, what were the squashes all worth? Yes. Did we get to a point where it was believable that after this guy had beaten 10 losers, he mm-hmm. could beat somebody of some renown, right? Mm-hmm. And just when it feels like we're going to get there, we find 10 more losers. And it's, <laughs> it's that cycle in itself yeah. is starting to become a bit exhausting with Hook. Um, I have I think, no reference point for Davari either. Like, well, yeah. and this is it. He's like... You know, there's like there's there's a, a tiny bit of XWB legacy kicking around there, but mm. really, it's you know, this character is brand new, this act is brand new within the Trustbusters. Is brand oh my new god, the the, who does, do you, does anyone care about the Trustbusters? No, what the and, hell is that? And that's I think that's the core problem is that they are just asking you to care rather than giving you reasons mm. to like and budget Brock Lesnar coming yeah, in. Yeah, and so and like very literally so because he was Hook was given an envelope, and it turned out to have a, yeah, yeah. a check in it, which he just torn up without asking. Here he rejects <laughs> the cash before the inevitable squash. Mm-hmm. We meet um, Jeeves K. Yeah. Ari Davari's butler for the first time. <laughs> he gets, like, to, like, give, like, hook the waft with the cash. I love a little towel on his arm. <laughs> like, it's all, there were funny bits to the act, yeah. and Hook is kind of, 
like a really a super rich dude coming in. He's got his like, but he's got like knockoff versions of dudes. It's kind of uh-huh. funny. Like he's got Bork Laser and he's got the other dudes <laughs> and just... whatever. Like that's kind of fun. But like uh, for me, I'm more gutted that Hook isn't in a main. Like Hook had so much momentum, and then yeah. they had that weird thing with with Hookhausen, which everyone kind of wanted. And that was kind of fun. Mm. One match against Sterling, like, but it was in the pre-show. Um, I think it's before Revolution or whatever it was. Yeah. And then it was like from then it feels like because the the whole crisp thing, whatever that was. Mm-hmm. And then Danhausen's with the best friends, so like that's just it's well, just it was all gone cold, really. Wasn't yeah, yeah, it? yeah, it's all just kind of gone away and it's like yeah there's a shit on the store if you want it but like who cares and isn't a thing anymore yeah. and like like who cares well and uh, uh, AW don't it would seem because they ask you to for the benefit of a television match and then the television match happens and Hook beats them in two minutes with the yeah. red rum exactly as you would expect <laughs> so it's really hard to balance like we mean to preview this on Friday and mm-hmm. it's this problem that you have over and over again with Rampage is you look at it and it just it feels inessential and there is so little done mm. like the tag team title and opener for that you know for all sort of the faults I found with this show was a tag team title match and goddamn, if you'd not done weeks of the scissoring trademark stuff what about if the acclaimed mm. just were ready to take on all challenges as fighting champions mm-hmm. and you'd put in uh, the varsity athletes over somebody of more prestige than the varsity bronze. Mm-hmm. Maybe give them a shock win, a flash win almost yeah. against a, a team that you already have some respect for and then all of a sudden this has got a bit of beef to it as a mm-hmm. title match instead of having to resort to silly Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month So, give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. X versus Y, because that was this was another one of them. It's like the FTW title... Kind of versus Ari Davari's money. Mm. Hook just wants the belt. He just wants to live his life being Hook, eat his crisps and all that. But it just, again, <laughs> it feels like, I don't know, like it's... I don't it's, know if they know what the FTW Bordering on creative negligence, I think, mm. with Hook at this point, because it, it just will not stay. You could tell with the crowd this time, Daly's place, I think, have seen Hook before, so mm. there wasn't this, way we finally got this. Like, if he came to England, yeah. Hook Squash is going to be a blast because we've never had the live experience. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're just not seeing that now in the towns that are familiar with him already. Mm. And the aura is not what it was. And it, these are not things no. that you can speak of objectively, but anyone that's subjectively telling you things are still as hot as they were with Hook, they're, they're lying. It's just weird because like, he's, he's immaculate. Like in the ring, he's immaculate. And it's like you want to wa- you want to see him bust out new moves. You want to see him impress. Like, I remember when I first saw Wardlow do like the shooting star or yeah. like the Swanton or whatever, and I was like, that's so impressive. I didn't see that coming. And he's yeah. done that a few times where he's busted out a new move that you didn't think he could do. And I loved that with Hook. And they had that little, really short-lived thing where Taz was like spotlighting one of Hook's moves. Yeah. And it was like, oh, this is how this thing is like perfectly executed. It really made you like appreciate the craft and mm-hmm. the technique, whatever. It's like, that's bang on. But if there's anything with that, like the, the whole idea of like if he's your Superman, where like you have to like think of innovative ways to make him lose or whatever, then you need to you need to put those in place. Like yeah. like squash matches do nothing for me anyway. I think they're boring. So like it's whatever. The old, oldest adage as well: mm. if you're not if the opponent you're facing isn't worth anything, then mm. you're beating somebody worthless. Well, yeah. So it's not. There comes a point where it's not just about the fact you're squashing guys, but the value of these wins mm. is now gone. Well, I just I, like my favorite matches. Like, again, Hangman Danielson, Punk, Kingston. Mm. I don't know who's going to win them. Yeah. Like I was talking to Murray once about that whole idea of like how much how much uh, ground can kayfabe cover? Where it's like, well, you're not supposed to know who's going to win anything because 
because yeah. it's a match. Like anyone it's can supposed win. to be real. But you do really know because mm-hmm. you know the power rankings, even if you're going for AEW stats or you know like the stature that someone is yeah. or whatever. And it would be unbelievable if someone super low beat Hangman or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, but the most interesting matches to me are the ones where I don't know who's going to win. That's what I'm there for. And I feel like there were way more of them earlier in the year. And if you put Hook up against Kingston, then that's yeah. immediately incredibly engaging. And I'm looking forward to that for the rest, like until it, until it comes on. No, I think it's, um, I, I do, I just, I think not for the first time Hook's been left swimming in these bad admin mm. angles or these wacky things and he's just, there's a place of wackiness and all the rest of them, but it's, it's possibly not with him. But that, um, sorry, just super quick though, that whole, because you, you'll probably know more about this than I do, that whole idea of everything being um, improvised or pitch-based, where a, a wrestler has to go to someone and pitch what they want to do. Yeah. Um, someone like Hook, does he just go by the wayside if, I don't know what Hook's real name is, isn't going to Tony Khan or whoever he needs to, mm. to go like, I want to do more stuff. Because I remember when Dax tweeted saying um, he wasn't very happy with his career yeah. and then FTR would go on to do this insane run that they're on now and I love Dax. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, a collab- it's a collaborative process. Mm. I guess Tony Khan books it. It's him who has the final say-so. Mm-hmm. But the whole point is that wrestlers are supposed to be more involved in their creative and it can... If he's maybe got the idea of where a character's going, I'm mm. sure they can pitch directions. Or certainly the promos feel very much just what the wrestlers want to do mm. and say, as long as it's all agreed beforehand and we don't have a situation yeah. like what we had with Page and Punk. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I think it's only improvised in the sense that the wrestlers can add much-needed like flavour and flourish to mm. an idea that is already fairly fully formed, which I think is a problem with Hook. And yeah. Numerous of the characters at the moment in AEW, it doesn't really feel like the ideas are fully formed. Exactly. We've got this next. God damn it, man. <laughs> Matt Hardy in the frigging frame. <laughs> Do you like, know what I mean? Matt Hardy, the thing they were doing that he was doing on um, being the elite every week was way more interesting than what he's doing on the actual TV show. Like, I don't know if you, used to, if you watch Being the Elite. I used to. I've been out with the loop for too long. Oh, yeah, my, my, my wife watches uh, Being the Elite. It's not on at the minute because obviously all the ongoing yeah. legal stuff. But um, that was on week to week. And they had a segment where Matt Hardy would ask people to beat him up because he didn't think he was worth anything. And he was right. like, I need to atone um, because of how much I've messed everything up. And, and Jeff's out the picture and whatever. And he was going to private party and asking them to just, just kick his ass over and over and over again. Right. And he would come out, like, basically, he would go into a dressing room with them. And then they would come out and he'd come out all bloodied up. And he just was an absolute <laughs> mess. And I was like, that's like a, a fun ring. Yeah. Fun's not the right word for it, but an effective wrinkle to his character that he's kind of taking on the real life side of Jeff and the the kayfabe side of like the Hardy Boys being in this okay. weird pause, right. and he's taking it all on. He's like, "I'm the bigger brother. I messed up. I need to atone." And I was like, "That's a that's a great character, kind of yeah. like there's stuff you can do with that. None of that's in the show. Like, none of that. None of that's." <laughs> I don't in know. There. A lot of this rampage felt very being the elite. I'll be honest. Like, it's <laughs> kind of like, like getting your ass kicked in the back of a dressing room. It could have passed someone anyway. Um, not a bigger Matt Hardy fan. No, he's, I'm not a fan of any of this. Um, <laughs> People buying each other's contracts again. This idea, I, I hate it in wrestling. It's a weird trope, but there's this thing where heels procure the contracts of wrestlers to make their lives a living hell. Yeah. And it's like, that's a waste of your money. Like, if you've got money to burn, burn on something. <laughs> like, burn again, it's off speedboat or something. Uh-huh. But, like, anyway, so they've got my hardest deal and they're making him work on Dark Elevation, which is a strange way to bury a YouTube show, which is supposed to be re- spotlighting you up and go, you're going to lowly Dark Elevation match. Mm. What does that say for the people that work that rotation to trying to true. get a leg up? I, 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 feel I, like I think like that's he- bad practice to bury. You, you see shows personally. No, I, I see what you mean. I took that more as that whole sort of push um, post when Kenny came back. Where there was that whole thing about like elevating all the shows and it felt like they got more big stars on Dark and Dark Elevation. Obviously, the Athena match, I know that went sideways, but getting yeah. Athena on Dark or whatever is a big deal. I viewed that as go watch Dark Elevation. Matt Hardy's over oh, there. Yeah, that's, oh my God, he's over there. Like, that's definitely what's happening. Yeah. That's definitely what's happening. You're supposed to infer there's angles that are going to take place in Dark Elevation, so mm. maybe keep an eye on it. But no one will. The mess exactly it won't work. <laughs> and the message for the people that are watching this show is that where it's absolute nonsense full of losers down there, and that's where my heart is going. Yeah, well, I guess could, they could channel into like raising. If, if Dark Elevation was in itself a faction, like mm. if Dark Order took over Dark <laughs> Elevation, and there was like, no, we matter, and we're going to invade these bigger shows because we matter, and you can find out what we're doing when planning on these mid shows. That would give you a reason to watch those mid shows. Yeah. They've never given you a reason to watch. I had to Google and ask Murray and everyone, what the hell is Dark Elevation? I didn't understand it. Right. It's like this weird, like ex- these Second shows, we, YouTube show. Yeah. yeah, these things we filmed that we'll just sort of throw together. It was. At its best, when it was a stat padder, right. when AEW were observing the rankings quite fastidiously, if you were building up, it was a bit fake because mm. you could build up 10 wins against nobodies on Rampage and yeah. be like, hey, I'm the number one contender, pal. And the record says 10 and 1. And yeah, are you? So that was, but that was one of the things they used it for. But it has proven a place where people can get jobs, you know, come on to that shortly, mm-hmm. where people can build a profile and get like much needed and very valuable experience. So it's, it's purpose serving. I've kind of like, I think most people have made their peace with Dark and Dark Elevation because it is a thing by choice they're not, yeah. they're not pushing you to it and it's like every now and then an angle will spurn off it and onto the main shows but this feels like the worst kind of it Matt Hardy raps as well any thoughts on Matt Hardy rapping 
Um, <laughs> I, I wish I could. I wish I could have like videoed that. Your the amount of things you do with your hands and face there, I so just, I could gif it and it could become that new guy. Excuse me, what? I just get a hard like, I because me and my wife watch everything like the, all the AW and everything, and, and both of us looked at each other like, is is that actually happening? Are we <laughs> are we hearing this? Because he he was talking normally and then he went into rap, so obviously like his scansion changed to use a rap yeah. him, and he started like rapping, and I was like, oh yeah, I mean like I I like I can appreciate people uh, inventing new new gimmicks and stuff, and Big Money Matt did nothing for me. Mm-hmm. I was a, I like version one when he went solo back in the day again, yeah. twenty year old reference. Oh yeah, Monster Magnet, phenomenal band. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a big fan of that stuff, and I was like okay, like, it's memorable, we're talking about it. I wouldn't have thought of it again unless you said, but yeah. I did in the moment go, I guess he's rapping now. I, like, like, 72 hours have passed by and everybody's like, was that a bit? Like, <laughs> anyway, I guess we'll... If he commits to it and, like, maybe he partners with Max Caster or something? Oh, my, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what he's trying to go for other maybe than just... Maybe he's the for that. Me- <laughs> memorability or something. But, um, because I think of the amount of times, the amount of things Jericho's come up with and largely made them work. Yeah. Like, um, like at least the Ocho is a thing that's mm-hmm. talked about to yeah. some degree. Um, of Jericho, whatever, and I'm like, Matt Hardy is trying that. He's like, if you lined up, we should do a list on it. The amount of the amount of different identities per wrestler. I think Matt Hardy is kind of up there. Oh yeah, at least he's got a, he's got a good handful. So I'm like, you're trying to plant the seeds for something. I don't know if it's a thing I want to see, but you're trying. <laughs> Tune in to Dark Elevation for more bars, <laughs> I guess. Um, we go to the aforementioned Layla Gray Willow Nightingale match. Speaking of people that have rose Love up, ranks from uh, like Willow Nightingale, myself and Wilborn were super fortunate to see Willow Nightingale live at. Um, the Tony Khan's first Ring of Honor show ah. in Dallas earlier this year. Ciao. She made an awesome impression. She was unsuccessful in trying to win the Ring of Honor Women's Championship, mm. uh, as she has been, I guess, trying to uh, dethrone Jade Cargill. But mm. with every single appearance, people have been rooting for what we got here. Mm. And it's great that that was already in place because, oh boy, I thought this match was terrible. <laughs> uh, just uh, chemistry issues, Layla Gray, maybe inexperienced. There's enough. Will a Nightingale there's enough credit in the bank that we, unfortunately, this is how it works sometimes. You have to think, well, was that more in the camp of Layla Gray than Will a Nightingale? Either way, mm-hmm. I just didn't think the match played out that well. But ultimately, um, Gray got the, um, sorry, Will a Nightingale got the win with the, the Dr. Bomb. Yep. Which kind of rehabilitates the fact that she'd lost to Jade Cargill again. Mm-hmm. But she's a. I think a baby face that can eat defeats anyway because mm. she's got that like can do attitude and she tries really hard and people are just with her. The infectious personality. Yeah, man. And on a night where I thought this was so, so necessary, um, AEW, for the first time in a while, reminded the audience that it could be the nice wrestling show. Right. A nice, earnest baby face wins a match has already stolen the hearts of pretty much every fan, mm. and then is shown on screen to be hashtag all elite. She is now officially a part yeah, of the team. Yeah, that was cool. And that used to be not just that all elite branding thing, mm. but for the longest time, AEW had this um, veneer of being the place like wrestling Disneyland, where everybody wanted right. to go to just live the best version of their wrestling lives. Mm. For a number of reasons that has well and truly dissolved in 2022. <laughs> but just for a split second, it was back. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. oh, the nice company has done the nice thing for the really nice woman mm-hmm. who is, by the way, awesome and has done it completely on merit. She rules. This rules. This was for me, um, you know, excuse the play on words because we're going to talk about Nyla in a second. Yes. This was a desert rose uh, nice. on this edition of AEW uh, Rampage because mm-hmm. I just thought having Willow Nightingale get this moment, bad match aside. Mm-hmm. Um, was was just nice. Yeah, uh, I guess we'll, we'll like, cover that just briefly before we get to immediately what followed. Because God forbid anything happens without another angle development happening. <laughs> that <kind of> <laughs> That's the thing. I think, like, ironically, like it ended up giving that segment like more spotlight. Everyone talks about that bit more yeah. than the match itself. Um, yeah, I just I have an overall thing with both women's belts where I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, I mm. get that, like, because I'm a huge Chris Statlander fan, and I get that she was getting the push, and I love when she runs in. Massive Jamie Hater fan, like, yeah. like loving all that, loving all the things. That That's happening. Be, Jamie Hater's the thing, it, isn't it? You how much it. longer That's are happening. we dragging that out? Like, there's some they're, stuff. They're Hoping that you talked about the bell curve with the acclaimed. Yeah, yeah. They're hoping they're still on the ascent. And it'll be interesting to watch. I just if they now. I think they're all right for now, but right. I, I completely understand people's nervousness because you don't when something's that hot. Mm. Don't want to accidentally. I just it, so. I can't like they keep going down a certain direction. Like, maybe we're going to do a thing. Look, there's a run in. Look, like the haters getting in Brit's face. Oh, crit, the stats going to go for the TBS tell. Like that's really cool. That's really exciting. The crowd reacts to it, and then mm-hmm. you pull it away again. You pull it away again, and then she gets injured, and then we're dragging it out, and then it's six months later, and it's like just capitalize on the thing. Like it yeah. infuriates me. Like there was that whole thing where the acclaim could have won at the pay per view, and then they won the week after. And like, sure, why not? But yeah. for me, just capitalize on your stuff. Like, yeah, I think for the um, the state of the women's division, obviously, there's a lot talked about the women's division and Soraya and everything else. But like, yeah, Willow, I love her energy. I think you can kind of put her in in any 
circumstance, any sort of angle or whatever, and she'll elevate it. But I don't know if she's going to be dethroning Jay's. Like, are we just going to Nyla? Like, I don't know what's happening with the TPS belt. Like three goals at it now, and it's yeah. yeah and yeah. I'm just like, I don't know what that is. And like uh, the whole stealing the belt thing. If well, we bring in the real rules. It's like there's that side of it too. Let's get to that because Nightingale was yeah kind of dragged back into this here. So she um. Like, Jade Cargill comes back out to interrupt, obviously, because Lena mm. Gray has lost. Um, Nightingale leaves this time, and Jade Cargill says, she kind of, like, carries out the hostage plan, I guess. She puts the chair <laughs> in the middle of the ring and says, right, Nyla Rose, give me, you got 10 seconds, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Belt out, Otherwise, there's going to be trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get Nyla Rose on the screen with Vicky Guerrero cackling away, the, the, she's vixen. Which is kind of funny. Yeah, she's driving away with the belt. Um, bye. Bye. Cargill, it's her car as well. Right, it yes, was, yeah. it was a car. Just, that, what was that thing when Sammy and Ty broke into that um, the uh, top champs thing and they broke all those trophy cases? Oh, yeah, and it was like top teams, be, top teams thing, and it was yeah. like meant to be cool. And it was just like I don't know if it's because we're older and like we're they just sort of like this to be a baby, like breaking, entering, and nicking and stealing. Yeah, and we're just sort of like supposed to be more of a baby. Breaking the law, thing. there, guys. Everyone's kind of a heel here <laughs> a little bit. It's like it's um, not nineteen ninety seven. Like yeah. Well, either everyone's a heel or everybody's a baby face. But either way, that's less mm. than ideal because Cargill kind of kicks the ass here. She's just. <laughs> awesome yeah. uh, like all of this kind of thing she's such a, the matches don't always deliver but she's such a goddamn star that yeah. these segments she's brilliant in them mm-hmm. so um she does look like a goddess like yeah, she, it's just yes, incredible man. so like security can't do anything about it they try but they get their asses kicked i couldn't believe they um, cut away from that i was like that's that's the one part of this whole show that i want to watch like yeah her uh, take on security how far is that gonna go how much does she want to get her belt back does she commit to being like furious about it cut away come on scott then you know i welcome <laughs> you in here to be a balanced critic that everybody apparently goddamn loves so much on freaking twitter <laughs> How, if they didn't cut away from that, would we get a small spotlight on Rushen 10, which <laughs> continues to friggin' go on until they change it on this goddamn yeah, show? Yeah, what is So that? we finally had, we were about to see, it was the lamest situation yeah. in wrestling history, the Leave Me Alone match. <laughs> friggin' Leave Me Alone, don't have a wrestling match over it. Rushen 10, we're finally at this, like, Rushen 10 have tried to have a match twice. Yep. Uh, For no reason. It's not, well, other than Leave Me Alone. Sure. It was finally going to happen. They're at a bar. Um, Orange Cassidy. Oh, so, I did love this spot. You'll probably hate it. Oh, well, <laughs> it, it was cute, uh, out of context. It was just too it. stupid. Like, it was so, like, Orange pops up with the pints. And pops I love up. 10 just saying, like, well, I haven't got a, ma- I haven't got a mouth, so I can't talk to you. 10 can't drink it because of his mask off. It's like, this is cute AW comedy. There's absolutely a place for this. Don't get yeah. me wrong. There is a place for this. Um, they are, AW can do aloof and can do deadpan and slapstick, and mm. mess it all together in a way that wrestling has typically really struggled to do, yeah, yeah. especially with a character like Orange Cassidy. Yeah. I, I welcome that. What I welcome less is how this somehow morphs into Orange Cassidy then uh, like working his way into Mark Henry's big main event setup. It's yep. time for the main event. Well, Bond's got a button, but I just get scared of the button, so we're not doing the, bu- we're not doing the buttons today. No. And gets into the match. Is it okay? So, okay. Yeah, well, look, before we get to the match... Yeah. I love, I love all this stuff. So like, I love, because basically I'm all for how do you differentiate a title reign? How do you make a title reign feel like that person's title reign? Like, I loved Hangman's reign. He was okay. like a satellite champ. I get that the real life reason was he had a kid and everything. Mm-hmm. But I love that he's was like this satellite champ that if you like call him out, unless you're CM Punk, if you call him out, then he'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Like, and he'll give you, he'll fight, he'll absolutely destroy you. I love his fake Messiah thing on Adam Cole. is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like Hangman was there when you called him out. Like I said, it's like, how do you make a title belt feel like it belongs to that? Like that, give it a, a personified run. Yeah. And so for uh, Orange, I was like, are you going for this whole thing where he just pops up in different scenes and just has it on him? And he's like, do you guys want to fight for it? Because well, I'm not yeah, doing anything. Yeah. And I, I was he's like, I can, in his bag, which is quite funny. just in his bag. Yeah. And I'm like, I can kind of go with that. Like you already have various established feuds and he just comes in the background. He's like, do you want to make it a title match? Because I'm bored. Do you want to drink? I, whatever. Like I was like, that's kind of an extension of him. He doesn't care. Like, he, But he wants to defend it. Yeah. Like he's enough of him wants to be a fighting champ. So I like the way they did that. Um, the thing that I don't care about is uh, is the 10 Roosh stuff. I really like Roosh. I think he's a great wrestler. Um, the whole Los Ingobernables stuff. might change your mind on that. He's got his full-time deal. There's just a, right. bit, there's a bit of a history with Roosh there. He kinda, oh, okay. He gets, so, he gets he gets that bag and then uh, things start to gradually erode a little. Well, uh, look, that's not happening now. But I guess we'll, we'll, see. we'll see. Something to monitor for. Yes, yeah. but like that whole thing of like, like I said, him popping up and then because it's all one take in terms of the way that it's filmed, mm-hmm. everyone else has to just kind of improvise and figure something out, which I Rush couldn't did really roll with that very much so he just sort of pointed at Orange and kind of just hoped for the best and the segment was over yeah. but if you're trying to make it so that Orange's run is personified by him randomly challenging people because he feels like it mm-hmm. I'm massively up for that uh, you know you, like, you've <laughs> almost sold me on that like I really didn't like any of this right. and I, like, but I, the thing was I'm less um, 
Cedric would be on them for uh, impromptu matches, impromptu right, changes. Right. This, there was a match like it wasn't like they didn't have a main event. They had mm. they had the original match, but the idea of like, oh, so this is just what we're doing now, is it? Yeah, because it's fake, that's him, right? That's fake that's, feeling compared to sporting framework. But that is an interesting way of looking at it. Mm. And we'll see. This is the thing you need now with that face to be rewarded by a series of entertaining and well thought out versions of this again. Like yes. if, if 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 what you've said proves to be true and in very good faith. AEW have got to do this mm-hmm. like once a week, every week with Orange Cassidy mm-hmm. to, again, as you say, I like the idea of a, a champion having an identity as a champion yes. rather than it just being a title reign. So, you know what? Like, you convinced <laughs> me to give it a pass for this week. Mm. Um, because I think this match was very good, but it wasn't. But stuff happened. I don't, um, do, do you think that he was injected into it because the whole Ten Rouge thing was just so nothing? Well, this is it, right? So what we got in this match was a bunch of stuff that ended up um, being centred more around Orange Cassidy than the two men. Mm. It played to the floor. We saw Dan Housen getting involved, dropping curses. Jim mm. Ross kind of taking the piss out of all of it on commentary. It was way more of an Orange Cassidy party match mm. than what would have been the original Rampage Leave Me Alone main event. <laughs> um, and Orange Cassidy um, gets the win with uh, Beach Break. Yep. Rush had uh, tried to go for Ten's mask and he left himself exposed to the orange punch which mm-hmm. uh, freed of Orange Cassidy to win so the Roosh Ten stuff feels like it will rumble and chunder on when at this point the stakes are lost because it started with Andrade wanting to recruit Roosh uh, sorry recruit yeah. Ten even though Ten was injured at various points and now Roosh wanted him also but in order to get him he was willing to fight him and take his mask off and we've seen what Ten looks like without the mask anyway there's a lot of see I've not seen that yet but I know because I was thinking are they doing a thing where like they want to get rid of his mask eventually and do a whole Preston Van Solo Mm -hmm. thing because Dark Order is kind of barely Dark Order anyway and then do you like do you split Ten off and he takes the mask off and he embraces doing like a big solo run well and it's that I guess leads us to the um, post match a little Mm. bit because Roosh and Ten do have a standoff Ten is of course a Broly Junior negative one's favourite wrestler and there's always a a lovely bond between those two and it's a sweet thing Mm -hmm. but he he comes out and Ten realises that's his kind of cue to exit and he Mm -hmm. goes but there was a nervy tease that maybe Ten will Mm. like the Dark Order have intentionally been placed outside of and it was an awesome match a ripper of a tournament final with Hangman Page against Mm. the Elite at All Out Yes, the Dark Order have been positioned uh, earnestly and charmingly as a group that are kind of trying to pretend they're not falling apart. Yeah. That's Stu yeah, Grayson yeah. making the cameo last week, and it was just like, wow, the numbers have really depleted around here. <laughs> like, where's Colt Cabana? And Stu Grayson's been gone, and so on. And so you're mm-hmm. kind of just down to silver, and Reynolds and 10, and Reynolds has been carrying an injury and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how this plays out because it does feel like this is the first time that 10 actually seemed like he wanted to join rather than. Yeah, a, a little bit. Considering he was about to wrestle a Leave Me Alone match, bef- like <laughs> 10 minutes before, before Orange Cassidy served him a drink. Mm-hmm. That, that seems to be a, a pivot. So I guess we will see if this I plays just, out with something more. I don't know what he's joining. Like, I mean, like, he, he's well, joining yeah. Los Ingobernables, but obviously Idolo's not there right now. I don't even know if he's been it's like, not the yet, family but... office. But it's not officially the Roosh family. It's just like it's it's, he's joining Roosh and uh, the Jose who takes just his, lost wants to so, take a shirt off all the time. That's kind yeah. of his thing. I need to get out of this loser dark order group. I want to join this other loser group and yeah, yeah, and get a new shirt. They're not fleshing out these ideas no. in a way that can possibly make you care or seem logical to the components, which I think is again a, a wider AW problem. I just want to just touch briefly because yeah. um, after the fact, there was a, a tribute to Brian Muster, who was an engineer who passed away unexpectedly this week. Let me tear up that. And you know, like AW again, they, like it's it's definitely dissipated this year. But they put across the idea that this is it's it's anything but a mom and pop shop. But they want you to think about it like that, and this certainly helps that perception. Mm. It was you know a nice tribute, and obviously it must have been. That's, it feels like not a, an excuse or a qualifier or a disclaimer, but just an idea that like if this is something that the crew mm. and indeed the wrestlers themselves were coping with this week, that's certainly like commendable. That all every yeah. everybody went to work and produced this television show. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I think I think it's okay to be critical of the content of a show while acknowledging that people did well to go to work in like yeah, of course. very difficult circumstances. Yeah. So it's still, I mean, they, like I said, well, like I thought uh, when I was watching that, I was like, yeah, you still required a whole bunch of people to dig deeper than they would have to on a, exactly. a given weekly yeah, yeah. basis to be able to put the show on. I mean, yeah, yeah that's that, I would say that's massively separate. I, ju- I anyway. just felt like it was worth acknowledging that mm. because I want that separated from the fact that like I thought the show sucked. <laughs> I, like, I really don't want it to come across as cold and callous. I thought it was a bad TV show, but like it felt like a bad one when we were previewing it. So no, in I, a sense, yeah. it kind of felt to me, like felt to me at least, it was living down to expectations, but mm. the expectations were low. So I, I don't know. Like, just, They're kind of low across the board for me at the minute. Well, yeah. well, just before we wrap up, and obviously you kind of spoke about your challenging relationship with AEW present. <laughs> As specifically relates to Rampage, what would be your, uh, if you could like wave a magic wand 
and fix what you believe to be broken about Rampage, what would you do? Just storylines, just st- reasons for me to watch. Like, I, I'm treating it like a TV show. Like, it, it's on. It's literally on TV. I treat it like a weekly TV show. I love the idea of endless, infinite storylines. So what are you doing with these characters? Like, if I'm thinking that they're... they're I always had this idea of, you know, everyone's living backstage. Like, you can call them out if you're in the ring, yep. and someone will... It's almost like a, like a warp gate. It's someone, will, someone will pop they're through. They're released in the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. But it's like, it's always that thing of, like, you don't want to think of them as... Or you can't think of them as, you know, backstage sitting down at like officers on their phones mm-hmm. waiting whatever it is it's like no they're people they're living this life and I yep. know that they walk that cafe blind and everything else um, but I want compelling reasons to check things out and I don't know what's gonna I, I need to not know what's gonna happen on Rampage to some degree mm-hmm. like who's gonna show up who's gonna do something that idea of Jade taking over should have meant something because the TBS title should mean something right now Yeah, and like just because Nyla randomly has it I, I don't really care like I love mm-hmm. Nyla but I don't really care what's happening with that particular thing Yeah. Um, but I massively cared when the Punk MJF stuff was happening or when the Kingston Punk stuff was happening Mm-hmm. or hangman anything was happening yeah um whatever it is um i think they need to get across the notion that um dynamite isn't the main show and rampage is the tag on it should feel like two shows a week i know it does oh, yeah. like it's uh-huh. on paper it's that but i mean like you should come out of dynamite it's, that's more a reflection of what we're all feeling now yeah isn't it? yeah but you should come out of dynamite going like i wonder what's gonna happen on rampage yeah and it's like it reminds me again all my references are so old but i remember remember before they did the draft before they meaningfully separated raw and smackdown when you would like watch both because mm-hmm. the roster was on both Yes, and then they split it and it went forward and maybe that contributed to me leaving or whatever but I don't mind the idea of like wrestlers per show but for me it's it's reasons to check it out I just want compelling reasons to check it out and matches where I don't know who's going to win like mm-hmm. if it's Hook versus Ari Davari, it's Hook. Like you know, like give me, like I said, give me Hook Kingston or whatever. Yeah, uh, I've, read, I've mentioned like three wrestlers that I like, but like I mean, like <laughs> no, 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 but you know, give me like uh, yeah. matches that I don't know how they're going to go, and give me ongoing storylines that have meaningful things to talk about, meaningful thematics, like meaningful depth to what they're addressing. Like Hangman stuff had depth to all the workers' rights stuff, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, MJF stuff has really good depth to it. Um, but it doesn't feel like he's going to be there on Rampage. It feels like you're waiting a week for him. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes he's been there, but like, it, it just depends what it is. I think for me, it's it's storylines. Like, because I'm treating it like a TV show. Like, I'm treating it like weekly theater. I think they're very reasonable requests. And I think they were articulated better than we do when we come on here every <laughs> week and just kind of figure out why our heads are gone when it comes to watching oh. Rampage. Um, if you have your reasonable requests for what could improve uh, AW Rampage, you can leave them in the replies to the, the tweet below that will go up for this podcast. Um, if you would like to follow any of us, you can uh, follow Scott for not just fantastic, immaculately <laughs> delivered wrestling takes like the one you've heard over this podcast, but Thank also you. everything on all the games. Like, I kind of, I, I don't want to, like, Peep behind the magician's cloth, but I kind of furnished Scott with a few notes on what's happening in the world of Sonic and Mario and oh, yeah. these articles together. Well, I couldn't even. Was, was he a hedgehog? Well, yeah, well, this yeah. Is it. Well, we'll keep it. We'll keep it a secret. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if you want to catch Scott on Twitter, because uh, he is the the doyen and the bastion of what culture gaming and all the brilliant coverage they do, they can find you where Scott. I'm at slash lp89, and thank you very much. You're very welcome. Uh, you can find me at Michael Hamflet. You can find us all at What Culture WWE, and what is it at What Culture GC? On Twitter? Oh, I don't know what the actual handle is, but if you just just what culture gaming on Twitter, there's only yeah. one of us. You'll we're find there. us. We're there. You'll find yeah, us. There. There. Thank you as always uh, for choosing to spend some of your time uh, with us here at What Culture, and indeed for me, I do apologise. There's a lot of me on this manic Monday. <laughs> um, all normal service will be resumed any day now, uh, but in the meantime, beautiful day. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you soon. Bye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.